I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is Internet Marketing. to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.com. This is Internet Marketing, and today I'm joined by Stacey McNaught, Search Director at TechMark. Hello, Stacey. Hello. Uh, first of all, Stacey, as normal, uh, tell us a bit about yourself. Yeah, sure. So um, I'm Stacey. I'm Search Director at an agency called TechMark, and I'm based out of Manchester. So my background is, well, I started out freelance copywriting, moved into SEO, and now I tend to work uh, on content marketing-led SEO campaigns, uh, and I'm a, a not-so-secret X-Factor fan. Really? Oh, yeah. Simon Cowell is my guilty pleasure. I was going to say, do you like Simon Cowell? Because some people hate him. Some, he's a bit like Marmite, isn't he? He is a bit like Marmite. I hate Marmite, but, but I like Simon Cowell, yeah. <laughs> I hate pleasure. Marmite, but I, Simon Cowell's all right, actually. I think, I think he's okay. He's just very, very direct. Anyway, we're not talking about Simon Cowell. We're talking about the talk he did recently in Dublin, actually, about promoting content and sort of budgeting for that promotion. Tell us how companies allocate their budgets. So there's been a massive shift. Uh, five years ago, I think I felt, I felt like I spent most of my time going into companies and pitching for content marketing budget that didn't really exist. It was always, you're pitching for a new budget. Um, move forward a couple of years, and I think for the last two or three, budget for content marketing has absolutely existed, and it's growing all the time, and that budget is, is there. But what doesn't seem to exist is an allocation within that budget for promotion, there's still kind of this mentality that if you invest heavily enough on a piece of content and you create something shiny and amazing, that it, the promotion will just kind of take care of itself. Yeah. So if there's no budget left for promotion, you're going back in and asking for budget for promotion, you're sort of pitching for new budget again that doesn't really exist. So we've come full circle in that sense where we, we're sort of going back and saying we need more for content because the fact that there is now so much content marketing budget out there means that there is so much content out there and just being brilliant with your content isn't enough to make it successful. So it's, uh, it's changed in that sense that you, I think the budgets for content promotion need to be higher than they've been before. Yeah, And yeah. Uh, more money, please, is, is what we're going back and saying. So companies are underestimating, do you think, the, the sort of promotion side of the budget? Yeah, I really do. I think that um, not, just, not just sort of brands and in-house teams, but agencies too, to some degree, underestimate just how much needs to go into promotion. Uh, there's so much content. I think there's 7 million blog posts published a day. 
And when you're up against that kind of quantity of content, plus all the videos, plus all the microsites and all the creative stuff that people are coming up with, I think people massively underestimate just what needs to go into content promotion. And for us, we tend to adopt a mentality now of treating it like you would a product or service. Yeah. You wouldn't just launch a product and just because it's great, expect it to sell. You would market that product. So I'm interested in, obviously, you know, people are underestimating, but how, what's the structure? How do we promote content to win new audience? So for winning new audience, I'm a big fan of combining sort of what, what we'd call manual outreach um, with some semi-automated outreach and some paid promotion. So the paid promotion bit, I think, is the bit that people typically underestimate quite a lot. Mm. Um, people will also refer to content promotion as outreach, and that, that kind of suggests that they're focusing just on getting in touch with people and hoping to show their content. The paid promotion, massive fan of social uh, promotion, Facebook in particular, because you can just be so tight with your targeting yeah. demographically and things like that. Also a really big fan of AdWords for promoting content. And an example of that is we did a piece which was um, a nightlife guide for a travel client targeting 18 to 30s. And we discovered that nobody in AdWords was at the time, and this was like June, nobody was bidding on Ibiza Nightlife Guide. Right. Now, AdWords is an auction. If nobody's bidding, your traffic is cheap, and it's so relevant as well. So we were able to bring in a really relevant audience for pennies per click, and then, you know, effectively then pursue that audience through the conversion funnel later. Um, And that was really, really cost effective. But there's loads of different paid promotion channels out there. And I would definitely suggest that if you're going to spend, you know, £5,000 producing a piece of content that you, across time and money, your total budget should be about the same for promotion. For manual outreach, if it's newsworthy, we're using tools like journalisted.com, hey.press, and other other sort of journalist discovery websites to mm. find really relevant journalist contacts by by the things they're writing about. Um, if it's not newsworthy and you're going for the bloggers or you're going for sort of lifestyle magazine sites online, we're using a similar process. We're using social tools and tools built for the purpose just to find really relevant people. There seems to also be a misconception that you can't email a news desk. If you don't have a contact, don't email. It's not about emailing news desks. Yeah. But some of our best coverage has come from emailing a news desk. That's why news desks exist. Right. Uh, so we do a lot of getting in touch with journalists. And then we also do some uh, distribution for news oh. through paid press release wires like Cision. And I think that bit gets missed out a lot as well because it is paid. You have to have a subscription with them that can be quite expensive. But what it lets you do, once you've contacted the people that you want to contact manually personally it lets you have a second go potentially again you know hundreds of journalists to see a press release relevant to them yes with one email effectively i have come it's interesting that because i have come across people that um reckon that press releases are sort of going a bit out of fashion what's your view on that I don't like to use them when we're doing manual contact. So if I've got a list of journalists, relatively small list of journalists um, that I want to contact personally, then what I'll tend to do is send them an email with a, a very sort of informal, here's what the story is, you know, here's the, here's the hook kind of thing. And that I, I typically find works a little bit better than an overly formal, overly structured press release but for mass distribution for sort of i mean as an agency we have to be able to scale 
and going out there and reaching hundreds of people with a press release we tend to get coverage from doing it that way but i would say you know don't make all of your outreach about a press release they are a little bit they lack a bit of personality i think Mm. i was also interested actually just just quit briefly going back to paid uh promotion uh your story about the adwords and like it was ibiza nightlife does that happen very often where people sort of miss the really obvious ones well, I think that because the vast majority of AdWords users are looking for a direct sale, so they're basically looking for some a commercial intent type keyword. Things like guide, free, they're things that they'll negative match against. They'll deliberately not show up for them so as not to waste money. Whereas when you're promoting content and you're not looking for a direct sale, some of that research traffic is actually really, really useful. And that's, you know, that's winning a new audience when they're at the discovery and research stage. Um, and that is cheap to do compared to trying to get the direct sale in. Yeah. So there's a lot of, for people who are promoting content through AdWords that is non-commercial, sort of discovery and research stage. There's loads of opportunities like that. I think another one was uh, what to pack for a ski trip back in March. Nobody was bidding on that. So um, th- there's a lot of examples out there if you yeah. look quite carefully for them, yeah. There's some psychological tricks you can do, aren't there? Um, tell us about those. Yes, um, Cialdini. My Bible is like Cialdini's uh, book called Influence, The Psychology of Persuasion. Yeah. Uh, and, and it really is the Bible. I mean, it's like 400 pages of getting your own way in life. It's great. And he has these sort of seven principles of persuasion, the things that make people say yes. And one of them um, is all about reciprocity. So the idea that as humans, we just do things for people because they've done something for us invited or not so you know if you can do a small favor for somebody so we a couple of freelance journalists a few years ago uh, when they were studying helped them out with their seo helped them out with a few questions on getting their content discovered yeah. they work at publications now and they're very open to us going to them with stories um, and ensuring that you find journalists who have already expressed through their content that they've previously created that they should care about what you've done. So we did a survey back in October last year, 10 months ago now, mm. where we, we polled 2,000 smartphone owners about their smartphone habits. Got a few different headlines, ended up running with the, the fact that we do 221 things a day on our mobiles. And that got picked up uh, all over the place, BBC, Guardian, Daily Mail, um, Times, Telegraph, ended up on TV. Went really, really well. And the approach that we were using, basically, is to go and find people who'd already written opinion pieces about how people have their heads stuck in the phones when they're in the pub and things like that. So we were going to journalists and saying, we've seen that you wrote about this. Um, and we did this before, before we actually commissioned the survey. We've seen you wrote about this thing. We're actually in the process of commissioning a survey to find out how, how real a problem this is. Mm. Would that be of interest? And with the first bit there, what you've already done is you've kind of said... I know you're interested in this. You know, I know that this is consistent with something you care about, uh, which means they're more likely to say, yes, okay, I'd be interested. Yes, yes. And we also went one step further and said, we're actually, you know, we're paying for this data ourselves. We're commissioning the survey at our expense. Are there any questions that we could put in there for you? Is there anything that you'd be interested in specifically? Because again, that, um, you know, it's you're giving them something. A lot of them said, yes, I'd be interested in this kind of data. 
if we then go to the journalists and say we're going to source this data for you any questions that you'd like in particular and they say yes if you then go back with that data that you've paid for and that they've asked for effectively you know it would be pretty uh, pretty inconsiderate of them to say oh well thanks for spending all your money on that but actually I'm not interested mm. so it's about sort of using a few psychological techniques at the outset of your promotion but in keeping with what they care about I mean you don't want to waste anybody's time you don't want to be contacting people about things that they haven't already expressed that they care about anyway because you're going to waste their time you're going to waste your time and if you ever do have something that's relevant for them they're less likely to open your emails in future if the kind of stuff you're sending just isn't usually consistent with what they like mm. so it's it's just about really understanding what what makes people want to say yes to to you yes. in any kind of way and I'm the biggest cynic in the world when it comes to that stuff or, or historically have been and then I read the Cialdini book and started practicing at home on my husband and it was working so I thought <laughs> well this is pretty good sounds like a laboratory I was, I was practicing on my husband yeah it was I, I use all these little techniques to see if I can sort of voodoo mind games and it's very effective I is, must say yeah. is he aware of this he is now yeah yeah he wasn't at the time I don't think but yeah <laughs> I mean, you alluded, uh, you sort of touched on this notion of uh, sort of retaining audience. I mean, it's cheaper to bring an audience back, we always hear, uh, compared to sort of winning the audience. How does this work? I mean, you know, uh, we often see the last of a person when we could see them again. How does it work with uh, content marketing? I think we're really guilty as an industry of investing in promoting content when we do get the budgets to do so. And then we'll say, oh, yeah, we got you know, half a million social shares and we got a hundred links and high five, that's it, game over. Mm. And I think that's because a lot of those of us involved in content now maybe come from SEO backgrounds. So we're sort of looking for the kind of brand signals we need from an SEO perspective, whereas our clients looking at it saying, can I attribute this to sales? So we started doing quite a lot of working with our clients' PPC teams, working with our clients' social teams to retarget at the audience that we've built through our content. So, for example, with the Ibiza Nightlife Guide, there's an asset there that people will come to because they're interested in nightlife in Ibiza. Mm. And we actually did it for, for the whole of Europe, actually. Those people are potentially target customers. So we then go back to them with a paid social promotion later that gets them to like our client's page, mm. chase them down the funnel a bit more, market another piece of content that's relevant, and ultimately then we can market a commercial ad to them for a hotel that's you know somewhere they're likely to want to stay. And that kind of thing, pursuing people through the conversion funnel like that, it's more cost-effective to bring somebody back to your site later than it is to win them the first time round. So actually, a lot of your promotion budget can be tied in quite nicely with existing PPC campaigns. KPIs are, are interesting things, aren't they? I mean, what's, what KPIs do you need to focus on for content that are sort of relevant to your clients' goals? Yeah, I mean, typically our clients' goals are always going to be led around sales, um, sales and leads. And if we've got an SEO campaign, we know internally that we have to be driving links and we have to be driving the other brand signals. But mm. we know that the biggest driver for our client is going to be what actually happened as a result of it so i think key kpis for us are typically yeah we will look at links and social shares but getting beyond that we're looking at the new audience driven so traffic driven to the site and and the percentage of that that's a new audience so how many people have discovered your website as a result of this content and then looking at things like conversions if you get them directly amazing but also assisted conversions absolutely massive Uh, We did a quiz called Where Should I Go on Holiday? 
uh, for one of our clients. Again, travel, quite a fun, interactive type quiz. And what we found is that once or twice, people came on, they did the quiz, they went right through it, got to the end, navigated to a destination page and made a booking there and then. It was once or twice. But what we found a lot more of is people coming on to that piece of content, then going away, then coming back a day later, two days later, even later the same day through a different channel Mm. and making a booking there. And some of them come back two or three times. So by default, Google Analytics or whatever web tracking software you're using is not going to attribute those sales to that content. It's going to attribute them to the last channel they came through. But when we're trying to assess the value of a piece of content, we have to understand that that was a touch point in the journey. So assisted conversions data, which is in Google Analytics, it's just well hidden, that I would say should be an absolute uh, massive KPI for most content projects would be content the audience that's discovered you through content and then the ones that you've managed to bring back later through another channel as a sale yeah that seems to speak uh, that seems to sort of work for us building brand signals and it's in keeping with what the clients understand now just quickly as as in true tradition because i love i love top tips give us three uh top tips for getting more out of your content from your perspective stacy Yep, I would say definitely subtle calls to action, not commercial calls to action, but get them to take some form of action if you can, like a share or like us on Facebook or sign up to our newsletter. I'm a big fan of using content to build a content newsletter. So you're building up a database of email addresses that are not signing up to receive commercial offers from you. They're signing up to receive sort of content-led newsletters and things like that. I would align it with the customer's journey as well. So make sure that you're starting right through discovery, understanding where where your customer is in that entire cycle when they're looking at that piece of content instead of just content for content's sake. Mm-hmm. And then retargeting, PPC retargeting and social media retargeting for bringing people back. Typically much more cost-effective to get somebody back the second time. Sure. Well, Stacey, thank you so much for all of that for your insights um just tell us how our listeners can find out more about you and more about techmark yeah sure obviously our website is www.techmark.co.uk and we're well companies on twitter at techmark and i'm on twitter at stacy cav and to be honest i probably put way too much on twitter for my own good so <laughs> well thanks for listening everyone uh, show notes as usual are at sitevisibility.com slash im podcast um Please leave us a review. We are on iTunes and Stitcher. We like reviews. And if you want to contact us, two ways to do that. The email is podcast at sitevisibility.co.uk and the telephone hotline, if you want to sort of leave an audio question or comment, is plus four four one two seven three two five six one five oh. So that's all from me, Andy, and it's all from Stacey. Bye-bye. And we'll see you next time on Internet Marketing. Cheers. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.